Hi there, Andrew here. We're putting feelers out for the idea of sponsors for the show. We have grown to a sizable audience of legal professionals, and we'd love to find a way to get the resources to continue to grow the show and spend more time on it. This might take the form of more longer form, maximum minimum competence episodes, or longer daily episodes, or maybe short interviews. We've had a couple of inquiries regarding sponsorship, but want to get feedback from all of you, the listeners. If you have thoughts or have a sponsor in mind that you think would be a good fit, shoot me an email at andrew at We're still very much in the brainstorming stage, so all ideas are good ideas. So ends the housekeeping segment. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have Missouri learning that federal law applies to them as well. Binance picking up a sweet deal on Voyager Digital. Hepatitis C treatment patents and a UVA dean off to the Supreme Court. Let's get down to business. A federal judge in Kansas City has struck down a Missouri law that restricted local and state law enforcement agencies from carrying out federal gun laws, ruling that the statute violated the Constitution and posed a grave threat to public safety. The Second Amendment Protection Act, passed in 2021 by the Republican-controlled state legislature, represented a blatant attempt to illegally usurp the federal government's constitutional right to enforce federal laws without state interference. The law allowed gun owners to seek damages of up to $50,000 from local police and sheriff's departments that enforced federal gun laws deemed to conflict with the Second Amendment rights. Judge Wimes directed law enforcement officials in the state to lawfully participate in joint federal task forces and share information with the federal government without fear of financial penalties. Missouri's Republican Attorney General vowed to defend this statute to the highest court. The Justice Department sued Missouri in February 2022, arguing that the state's law violated the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution. Supporters of the law argued it was constitutional and did not prohibit federal agents from operating in Missouri. For now, the Justice Department's interpretation has won the day. Voyager Digital, yet another bankrupt crypto lender, has received court approval to sell its assets and transfer its customers to Binance.us in a deal valued at $1.3 billion. U.S. bankruptcy judge Michael Wiles approved Voyager's restructuring plan, which is built around the Binance.us acquisition at a hearing in New York. Binance.us has agreed to pay $20 million in cash to Voyager and to take on crypto assets deposited by Voyager customers. However, the deal still faces additional scrutiny from the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, which is investigating national security risks associated with foreign investment in Voyager. Once the deal closes and Voyager's customers have Binance.us accounts in place, they will be able to make withdrawals for the first time since Voyager froze their accounts last summer. Voyager filed for bankruptcy in July 2021. The sale will allow customers to recover 73% of the value of their deposits at the time of Voyager's bankruptcy filing. The U.S. Federal Circuit has ruled that Gilead's patent for a hepatitis C treatment was valid, which invalidates a similar patent from the University of Minnesota. The decision highlights the need for patent holders to clearly identify how they arrived at their invention rather than providing optional choices. The patent challenge turned on whether the University of Minnesota should have been able to backdate its work by years based on some of its related patent applications from 2004. If patents failed to claim the same thing, as the court ultimately agreed Minnesota's did, then the invention's effectiveness date can only be pegged to the later application. The ruling could send other drug companies into research mode, leading to increased examination of competitors' patents. The case is significant because it explores a hot-button issue of patent validity relating to a patent's written description, which the Supreme Court is set to consider this month. That case is Amgen v. Sanofi, 
And after the federal circuit denied Amgen's petition for en banc review, they petitioned for certiari on whether enablement is governed by the statutory requirement that the specification teach those skilled in the art to, quote, make and use the claimed invention, or whether it must instead enable those skilled in the art to, quote, reach the full scope of claimed embodiments without undue experimentation, that is, to cumulatively identify and make all or nearly all the embodiments of the invention without substantial time and effort. Oral arguments for that case begin on March 27th. President Joe Biden has appointed Dean Risa Golubov of the University of Virginia School of Law to the permanent committee for the Oliver Wendell Holmes Devise, a federal committee responsible for documenting the history of the U.S. Supreme Court. The committee was established by Congress in 1955 following the bequeathment of a portion of Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr.'s estate to the United States in 1935. Golubov is a legal historian, and her scholarship and teaching focus on American constitutional and civil rights law, particularly their historical development in the 20th century. She is also the Arnold H. Leon Professor of Law and a Professor of History at UVA, and has authored several books that have won numerous awards. She is the first female dean of the law school and has previously clerked for Supreme Court Justice Stephen G. Breyer and Judge Guido Calabresi of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Golubov said that she is excited to help document the history of the Supreme Court through this important work. Thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is part of the ESQCast network of podcasts and streams on esqstream.com. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, for every action, there is an equal and opposite minimum competence.